Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. Hey, it's Lucas Walker again. Jeremy and I talk a little bit about international expansion in this episode of Pit Stop. It's a little bit more of a a 201, 301 level conversation. A lot of the strategies and tactics we talk about in this episode are for if you're already doing a few hundred, a few thousand orders a month. Still a good episode for when you get there. So hope you enjoyed this episode of Pit Stop. Have a great weekend and I will see you back here next week. Okay, so side tangent aside, coming back to you, it's also a great way for you to get into other markets. I think that the people who have seen a lot of success who may not have a mass market product or may not just have that product in the kind of deep penetration into a specific population in one area needs to think about that. Like, as I've just been learning more about private equity and what happens in roll-ups and acquisitions and kind of what happens to those brands like a but when they're on the smaller end of the business and become bigger, they basically just clone your business and roll it out into different markets. Mm-hmm. They'll take your model, and if it works in Europe or Asia or LATAM, like they basically just take exactly what you have, internationalize it, customize it to that culture, update all the language, and then just run the exact same playbooks there, like adopted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's obviously if you're like still struggling to keep up with demand where you are don't like you don't need to feel like you need to do this but if you're looking for that next area of growth and you have that great product that customers love and they keep going back to this is something that like i think now is becoming more attainable is Mm -hmm. becoming less costly to get into and i think it's really important for people to start thinking about more of how can we start to grow this not just in the u.s or the u.s plus canada or since i'm on your pot since we're talking canada plus the u.s (laughs) canada first it'll be on both yeah, but you know, I feel like I don't have the chance to talk to Canadians that frequently. So Canada first, and we're Shopify. We're Shopify space. That. That's I true. I respect the Shopify space. But yeah, I think that is something that people just need to think about more because it's in depending on the size of market where you start off with and you move into. It's a great way to just deeply penetrate another market and just sometimes even just straight up double your sales because you just found new customers. Right, and I think that's where marketplaces come in as a great way to do that. Like I've gotten pretty close with it with ShipBob. We're working together on the original Heist podcast, sponsor the network. Oh, nice! Yeah, they're great partners. And it's like it's almost like headless fulfillment. So I did an episode uh, of Rolled Up about Uber Eats and ice cream delivery, and it's it's a fun way to talk about last mile logistics of how to keep Mm -hmm. something cold. And by but just the total opposite of a kind of product that you can just kind of store, I don't know, headphones or, or, or something classic dropship product. You can have the same product in a warehouse being sold in different places. So the same product is now sold on your website, on Amazon, on walmart.com. And, but you don't need three headphones in three different warehouses to list. So you can list in three different places, even if you just have one unit for sale. Yeah. And I think that's really I think that's going to be a really interesting, like Target is probably going to be coming pretty soon mm-hmm. to the Shopify space as well. Which Target, will be, Best Buy. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think like all your classic big box retailers are just actually going to become drop shipping companies. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at, because I always look at the, the jobs of sort of retailers and stuff. And it was the VP mm-hmm. of e-commerce at, at Indigo, so Canadian Barnes & Noble. And one of the things was you have to find 
good dropship candidates as part of the job. Like that's a the core description. So, so part of your PL, which is funny because he started the podcast shitting on dropshippers, just <laughs> defecating all over them. And you're the and future. Now, and now we're talking about like, here's how it goes full circle. But yeah, so I'm sure there's a part of the PL that's private label products, products within their warehouse, products sold within 30 days of receiving, and products that they never even touch. Because that really is the beauty of dropshipping is you're not holding the inventory. Yeah, and we did that years ago. So when I was at Lumi, we were one of the first batches to go into what's called EDI. It's just a back-end like inventory and logistics infrastructure that a lot of the big box retailers use for Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's, and Target. And we did the same thing. Like We were listed on their website, but if you placed the order and bought any of our products from their website, even though we were in their physical stores as well, they would actually be routed to our warehouse the same as if you had bought it from our .com. And yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting. I think also it's a great way. It's actually very funny. So we had to, I had to buy a gift for someone in Brazil recently. Mm -hmm. And my four options were Apple, Best Buy, and then two Brazilian companies slash resellers that I wasn't, and it was a wonder boom. So it was like an American product, like stuff that you could buy here, but I didn't know how to get it there. And as I was thinking about- post office? (laughs) It would cost me more money to ship the speakers from New York to Brazil than to buy it and pay the conversion rate and taxes. I I don't know if you watched 90 Day Fiance, but Big Ed was talking about how he sent all these these gifts to his girlfriend. And he kept saying, yeah, I spent more on shipping than the actual gifts. Yeah, no, it's it's real. It's it's like very it's very crazy still how expensive that is from the consumer perspective. But if you can get creative, we did some other things around like how we handle duties and tariffs and art. We worked with our fulfillment center to handle all of that. But I think if you can work with a retailer, if you can work with a big marketplace in those areas that you think have high potential, great way to check this also is just look at your Google analytics on site. Look at the differential between traffic and conversion rate. So if you have tons of traffic, but a very low conversion rate on site, pretty, pretty good indication that you have a, a good market there that you're just not, you don't have the infrastructure to prepare and really support today. But what we would do is you can work with a bunch of people, whether it's a direct wholesale relationship, you're just selling in their deployment. I feel like that's the traditional way to do this. Or you work with the big marketplaces, they list you, and then you can figure out a creative way to work with a, a fulfillment center or an international 3PL to just move your inventory around. It is a really big opportunity that I think you do need some size and some scale just to support that infrastructure and yeah, to get, understand. Get to a million dollars of sales in your backyard first. Yeah. Like that's kind of the caveat. This is a 201 and a 301 level strategy. Right. Yeah. If you're doing like $10,000 in sale, monthly sales, do not like look to do this right now. Yeah. Maybe test and see maybe your product's better on Amazon in your market, but don't start sending stuff all, all, all over the place. And it's funny because that's one of my biggest mistakes as a merchant. Because we're in Canada, most of the web traffic is coming from the U.S. So I think, okay, it's a food product. It's a little bit more logistics of, I can't right. just like... How to actually deliver it on time and storing it. Yeah, so a few other things. So, so duplicate the Shopify site, build everything. Barely any U.S. sales. Barely any U.S. sales. Really? Sure. Yeah. All of Canada, because it's a Canadian company. People want to buy local. There's just not, not nearly enough of that. So what was the traffic coming to the site then? Like 80% U.S.? Right. So no, but I mean like what were people just looking as like looking, a shopping blog, around? And like, there's all kinds of, of stuff that goes into it. Um, the, the price points are being harder, but shipping from Canada to the U.S. going to be higher. So I'm sure there's a lot of bounce rate with that. But that's why we, in the States, we're going just Amazon. 
because if you really wanted to buy the products, you could either buy a bundle directly from us and we would ship it to you. But if you wanted a single unit, just go right. on Amazon. And, yeah. and that's another, it, it's easy to, to kind of poo-poo all over Amazon. But if you sell sort of add-on items, it's in that sort of 10 to $20 category. You can't afford $60 to acquire a new customer. It's a great way for people to discover your brand. They might trust the marketplace more. Or they can just buy it by the single units and you kind of cut those low margin sales. Yeah. And I work with plenty of brands that that's just their strategy now. Like mm -hmm. they they just realize that Amazon is a great sales channel for them, but it's not going to build the customer lifetime value. They're not going to come back and buy a lot, but they can just move a lot of volume. And so what they not all your customers are going to be great. Right. Some of your, if you can get 40% of your customers to return, you're doing great. Yeah, sixty so well, percent. Wow, that's yeah, like, that's awesome. <laughs> so sixty percent of customers are only are only ever going to buy once at, at the best. At the best case, it's probably closer to 80 percent. Yeah, and so what they do is they just streamline the operation so that it's skeleton crew managing. It. Mm -hmm. Is how, like how many people do we need to keep here to just keep this momentum going? And when you're early and when you're starting off, like I wouldn't recommend splitting your time and splitting your focus too much. But with Amazon at this point, like as long as you have, if you already have the warehouse and you already have everything moving, it really is just like moving inventory around, managing that inventory. And like you, you should use something to be tracking that already. And then it does open you up so that you can test it where you don't have to go and build out the full like Shopify build and the, sh the full like new site and all of that other pieces. Because yeah, I mean, for specific products, especially now with CPAs climbing up into the 20 to 30s on average, mm -hmm. like you just you need to be a lot smarter about how you make sure that you can sell something before just diving into that market. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's a good place to, to take it. Going back to the organic strategies, sometimes you can keyword stuff on Amazon because it's yeah, so specific of what people are looking for. They want the best product. So if you have 30 features of your microphone arm or your phone case that you're trying to, to, to list for, like vegan leather, magnetic, whatever it is, they literally give you space to add all these terms and it's not that hard to rank. You send a minimal amount of inventory there to test the market. See if you can get some reviews with zero ad spend or anything. And then if it works great, send more inventory, put a little bit more time and effort into it. But the same search terms that you can use for your site, people are looking for on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. And it's a great way to learn what's working on one place and what's working on the other. And then just share those cross pollinate those wins across channels also. Yeah. Maybe it's using the, some of the lifestyle photos from, from Amazon or that, that photo where you have like Jeremy's black tea and has all the arrows coming in and it's like, uh, pre sweat so yeah, you will not sweat while you're wearing this t-shirt. doesn't matter if it's 140 degrees Fahrenheit, whatever those, those claims are, maybe incorporate some of those into your shop. I say, cause at the end of the day, Amazon has so much e-commerce data. They know what converts. They know what sells. They don't want people to come to their site and not buy. So if you can find an element of from one place and then replicate it elsewhere, why not do that? Yeah. And then you also, in organic listings, if you do well enough, it's your product on Amazon, it's your product on Shopify. At the end of the day, you can get into semantics over whether you want to debate which is more valuable. But the most important thing is to make sure you own all of those slots and that none of your competitors do. Yeah. And... It's nice to keep that, that margin of selling on your own site. But if customers want to buy on Amazon, you can't bank margin. Right. Yeah. And you're going to pay for it in marketing costs anyway, if you really got to convince them to come off of Amazon. So just bring yeah. it, just bring it home. Honestly, like just bring home the sales, however you can. So another interesting platform, and it's the episodes of Pit Stop this week. I, re I recorded them last week, all about Walmart versus Amazon. 
Interesting. I'm really curious to see how that evolves over time. It's, give the episodes a listen. They're, okay. So Walmart's doubled their e-commerce share over the last three years from 3.5% to 7%. Mm-hmm. 400 million monthly view, or viewers, monthly visitors. Wow. And Those are like Amazon-like numbers. Wow. And it's about 10% of the sales of Amazon. So if you're selling on your Shopify site and Amazon US, you go to Amazon Canada, there's a 10% lift in revenue. You go to Walmart in the States, there's another 10% lift of revenue. That's twenty percent more revenue without re like you don't need another FTE to do that. Yeah, I mean you're just updating listings and updating inventory. Which, if you're ready to do that, is just like a couple hours more. Of, or sometimes somebody's work like yeah. on a weekly basis. If that, yeah. Once you're up and running, just make sure you have enough inventory. Tweak it here and there, and just a little bit more. Because if you update it in one place, you can update it elsewhere. Right. Yeah, and then that just extends out to any market. You can go into Amazon. Where Mexico, Amazon, yep. EMEA, any of those places. Amazon Australia. Maybe you sell summer items. Winter comes here in North America and you're sitting all in all this inventory. It's good. Guess it's what? Cyclicality, yeah. It's summer in Australia. Boom. Start selling there. So well, I think this has been good. Should we wrap yeah. it up? Yeah, this has been fun, on the notch. I always I always enjoy jumping in, but yeah, we gotta go we gotta go grab dinner. So. Yeah, me too. So let's let's wrap it up. Jeremy, where can people find you? Yeah, You're, so you, you, we're both all over the place. So I, I wouldn't even try to remember all the different different places people can find you. Yeah, just Messenger Mastermind Podcast on any of the major podcast networks. We also just recently launched a YouTube channel, so you can stare at this face for audio anywhere, anytime. And then yeah, on LinkedIn, just Jeremy Horowitz. How about you, Lucas? Yeah, you don't find me. I find you. <laughs> <laughs> just stare, just barreling down the camera. No, just find Lucas Walker. It's, I try to eat my own dog food a little bit with a platform specific search so if you search my name on on spotify or apple i should show up lucas walker shopify if you just google me uh you'll find a basketball player you find a male model and while i am both of those things i'm not those ones so just search lucas walker shopify lucas walker podcast you'll you'll find me with the stunning mustache that's right although in most of the photos i have a beard mustache is new and i don't i don't know if i'll if i'll, if I'll keep it okay. record all this video content not looking like myself yeah, it'll be a good, it'll be a good test. Organic traffic, if it possible. You gotta have another, so, you have another segment for mustaches specifically. So people always, always, always comment on the mustache. It, it I get ten percent more comments on anything just with the mustache. Yeah, it's so, a truly I'm defining not feature. To keep it. Yeah, it's it 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 call it calls attention to your face. I think I mean it's a good move. It does. But like I'm talking to people, and, and I can just see them just just staring, just starting so, to stare down. So, so if the, the camera is my eyes. I can just see people like just underneath my eyes and I'm like <clears throat> eyes are up here please <laughs> awesome well let's hit let's call it a wrap always a pleasure glad we could do this in person yes feels feels pretty 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 good pretty good, pretty good. Delivering Amazon-like speed to customers. That's what TB12 wanted when they went with ShipBob, and that's what they got. In addition to 25% cost savings since switching 3PLs to ShipBob, if the GOAT Tom Brady trusts ShipBob with his company, you should too head to ShipBob.com, get a quote, see how much you could be saving, 
while also growing your business. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.